Welcome to CompTIA Shark Bites with Alan Shark, Vice President, Public Sector, and Executive Director of CompTIA's Public Technology Institute, where we explore tech leadership in the public sector. Hi there, this is Alan Shark, and welcome to another episode of SharkBites.net. The following is was recorded a few weeks ago. PTI held its annual Tech Leader Summit for cities and counties. And it was very well received. We had record attendance. It was done virtually. And we dealt with many key topics. One of the topics that stood out was the whole issue of how do we manage, manage services? And in preparation for one of the sessions, I was talking to the two folks you're going to hear about in a minute. And I was so impressed. I said, I hope that we're, you're willing to convert your presentation into a podcast because I think it's that good, that important, and something that so many of us can learn from. So we're very pleased to have Carrie Good, who's a Chief Information Officer of the City of Durham in North Carolina, uh, accompanied by Dwayne Kendall, Chief Technology Officer also of the City of Durham in North Carolina. They've got a good program and it didn't happen overnight. So we all can benefit from their experience. Now you might hear some reference about change a slide that really won't change what we're hearing when we listen to this in podcast mode. So let's uh, go ahead and listen in to both Carrie and Dwayne. What to look for when partnering with a managed service provider. Uh, early on when we were planning the program, Kerry raised his hand and said, I think we have a story to tell. Uh, Kerry, if you don't know him, has been active with uh, PTI for many, many years. He's the CIO of the city of Durham, uh, North Carolina. Uh, and he's being joined by Dwayne Kendall, Chief Technology Officer, also the city of Durham, North Carolina. So I talked to them in preparation for this session, and I was literally blown away. Uh, by the thoughtfulness that they put into their managed service program in terms of how you manage it. And, you know, as we talk about cloud services yesterday, and we had two sessions directly tied to it, when we think of managed services, well, it's a lot of applications, but it also is a cloud too, that we're spending more and more time uh, negotiating and managing uh, contracts, but actually mender, uh, uh, managing vendors. And so without saying more, Kerry, uh, I'm going to turn. So let, let me begin while, while Dale is uh, bringing it up and, and talking about the, um, the business problem. Uh, it, it's not like we, you know, thought about managed services first thing on our mind, but we had a problem with uh, supporting our network. We could not recruit network engineers within the uh, this region that we were in, uh, partly be due because of the company class that we had and the marketplace. There was <clears throat> high demand on network engineers. So uh, that went on for about three years. Uh, and frankly, the city manager got tired of me making up excuses and, and said to me, frankly, you need to solve this problem. We can't tell you how to solve it, but you need to solve it within the constraints that we have here. And that was kind of a blunt answer, but I accepted the challenge and we came up with a, a good story about how to use managed services in a way that's efficient and effective. So you want to go to the next? There we go. So I, I, I'm a managed services model. It's called right-sizing outsourcing. I'm the first to tell you, <clears throat> not everything is made via outsource. Um, 
So you have to be very strategic in what do you want to outsource. So in, in our particular dilemma, when Dwayne is here, he jump in, Dwayne, anytime you get ready. Yep. We could not recruit network engineers. Uh, we tried multiple strategies and we could not because our salary range was not high high enough to attract the talent that we needed. So many services became a necessity for us. But Dwayne and I put a lot of thought in how we construct the managed services was an option. So we're right. going to talk to you about that today. Yeah, and Carrie, let me add to, to that. Sure. And what happened was it's not like we didn't try. <laughs> we, like Gary was saying earlier, we we tried and tried and tried, and we struck out, struck out. We struck out with FTEs. We struck out with contracting staff. We we struck out with you name it. Um, and and we just we 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 tried. I mean, we had turnover. We hired someone, and and they turn over in a month or you know whatever the case may be. Um, we're of course just like Austin, Texas, and. Silicon Valley and places, you know, we're competing with Microsoft and Cisco and and you name it. And a lot of these folks just went next door to Cisco. Um, and so we became almost like a not even a, a full training ground. It was literally they they tried us out for a second and it was like, I can go make some money somewhere else. Um, and so to Carrie's point about necessity, it came from, it, you know, our, our model was birthed from not from the lack of trying to hire somebody, but exactly because we did not hire. So we want to go over real quickly, again, what was the drivers behind managed services? Of course, we talked about the inability to hire talent based on the city's compensation classification model. Number two, the lack of resources and capabilities to run a 24-7 IT infrastructure support program. We needed not just one network engineer, but we needed about five to six network engineers. So we need to run a 24 seven IT infrastructure support program. The city of, of Durham doesn't stop running at 5 p.m. We have police department, fire, fire department, public works, and, and so forth. And the other thing was, <clears throat> we all went through this, going from a CapEx model to an efficient OpEx model. That's very important. We were more CapEx, we had to go to OpEx. So let's, let's look at the two service models real quick. A traditional model, you can click the button, is traditional contractual services where the vendor is more self-directed based on the contract contractual terms. Contracts like cell phone services, ISP services are examples. We went to a more customized model, which is where the vendor is a partner that is directed by the IT department and you receive daily tasks like employees. So if this is done right, the managed service is an extension of your staff and you're directing them like you do your internal staff. That's the difference in our model. We manage the resources of the contractor contract uh managed services contract. Dwayne, you yeah, add to that? yeah for, for sure. And the thing is in a traditional model, one of the things that I've noticed for years and years and years in different organizations, and which is very different in our contractual model, uh, like Carrie just noted, that you know the vendor is kind of on autopilot. I hate to say it like that, but it's kind of true. Where you subscribe to them, and you know they hope they perform, and they show you some key performance indicators and those kind of things. But if you do that, then you know vendors. We all know that you know they'll they'll 
take advantage of you one way or another uh, on purpose or by accident, you know, like where then maybe not getting every SLA knocked out or that, you know, they, they're kind of, you know, they get away with some things when we, when we manage them like an employee, um, we're holding them to high performance standards, just like our employees. I mean, we have gone so far to even give them report cards. Like we, we grade them, we evaluate them yearly, just like we do um, our, our um, full-time staff. And that level of management over them is the key differentiator between these two models. Like we are, we are actively managing this, uh, these partners through cadence meetings, um, through, you know, you name it. Um, and we're really holding them accountable for the work that they are to perform. So what were the guiding principles behind what we was trying to do? Uh, first is you look for a partner, someone that has invested interest in providing the service that you want to render to the residents. So a three to five year contract is, is preferable. Now this is most important. The contract the employee aligns to the our SOPs and policies rather than we align to their policies. They come in with the agreement to be like an employee and, and to be and to be guided and directed and also bring in the expertise they have in providing the service. Yep, Carrie, can I ask something to that one real quick? Sure. Yeah, the, sure. uh, a great example is that is the change management process. So we have a very tight, robust change management process, and sometimes the vendors they have something, um, but it may not meet our standard. So when we onboard and when we go through the contractual process. We make sure they align to our change man management process and not just do their cookie cutter. I mean, these man service companies have a lot of cookie cutter, boilerplate type um, relationships with with uh, with their customers. But we we kind of blow that completely out of the water. We let them we like Carrie just said, they have to align to our SOPs and one of our SOPs is change management. So they they have to they have to adopt our strategies, not not we fit into theirs. Okay, next, next point. <clears throat> what most important also is building the resiliency in the managed services model, which means you, you can't put all your eggs in one basket as far as a one managed services contract. We have multiple contracts with multiple vendors performing the same service, which builds re resiliency into our model. But more importantly, in, the, in our analysis, this model, is more efficient than us hiring several network engineers and uh, building the resiliency in-house. We did an analysis. We we paying uh, 50 to 60% of what it will cost us to have staff internal. You want to add anything to Dwayne since you're managing this? Yeah, you yeah. Get so, the light on that? Yeah, absolutely. Um, as a matter of fact, to kind of our point, I mean, even the, the initiation of the, of the whole program started by us having to having to give up a full time position. That's how we kind of seeded the we seeded the, right. uh, the program with turning, you know, and most of us know it's already a kind of an act of Congress to get an FTE in the first place. So for us to mm -hmm. go this route, we we gave up what what we had in the position as the seed um, and, you know, Developing the the multi resilient partners, um, we've experienced that. I mean, we've we actually experienced where one of our partners, who was a very very good partner, one of the best I've ever seen, um, was acquired. 
And when they were acquired, their service level dropped significantly. So we learned that, like Carrie just said, we can't put those eggs in the, in the all-in-one basket. So we made sure that we had our, our voice over IP managed service vendor is also capable of taking on a network if we had to. The network so, is capable of taking on the voice over IP if they have to. You know? so, so Dwayne, Dwayne, would you share the data point for everyone for resiliency of 24-7 services with, with multiple resources to deal with any kind of incident we have, what is that cost in the city of Durham? Oh yeah. Oh, uh, <laughs> we are paying, we are paying 180, give or take, um, or, you know, anywhere from 160 to 180 as contracts go up in, you know, the yearly increases and that wouldn't cover, but one person. <laughs> and and barely, so barely and one person. And that's because of negotiation, right? That's exactly right. Negotiation and right-sizing the yep. support. So uh, we're proud of that. Uh, we got a very robust support model for our network and for our phone system 24-7. Good SLAs. Can you describe the SLAs, Dwayne? For yeah, absolutely. And they're and these SLAs are customized. So that's it's something very important to, to understand that we did not, just like we take the robust exercise of, of ensuring that they align to our SOPs. We also we also go through a very robust process site by site on ensuring that we're not oversubscribing um, to to certain you know to certain sites. For example, you know we have a park and rec a parks and rec site that is you know one one staffed FTE between eight and four. Well, we don't need to give that site you know twenty four hour emergency calling me in the middle of the night outage kind of situation, right? We, we, we do need that for city hall and police headquarters and those places. So, right. you know, so we have negotiated those four hour, you know, on-site SLAs, um, you know, for, for them to come and react um, as well as, you know, all their remote, you know, whatever, whatever they can do remotely. But we, th the bottom line when it comes to the SLA management, and it's the same as what we're talking about in the overall management is we do not let them just get away with anything cookie cutter. It is what we need, and we negotiate thoroughly on what we need, site by site, instance by instance, um, so that we can, you know, we we we're married to the Durham taxpayer, so we're we're not <laughs> we're not in a situation where we're married to a vendor or you know a partner here. So you know, we get what we need from from them, um, and we negotiate as strongly as we possibly can. But it gives us a wonderful relationship, um, especially with a partner. You know, we we talk about this all the time. We don't we got everybody got vendors. Uh, but we need partners, <laughs> you know, right. we need a long-term partner. That's why when Carrie talked about that in that first bullet, you know, that is a partner. That's someone who's going to be with you for quite some time and kind of grow with you and learn you. So, um, so yeah, we, we manage them tight when it comes to that. Well, thank you, Dwayne. So those are three guiding principles and uh, it's working for the city of Durham. And we, 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 we plan to stay with this efficient, effective managed services model, but there's other things we would not, do managed services on like identity management, access control, those kind of things. We'll probably keep that in the house. So you, you have to do right sizing your managed services. There's things that are excellent candidates for managed services. We more efficient and effective. If you have problems with recruiting, you may want to think about the managed services model. You want to go to the next screen? Oh, so never read any, any, any questions? Thoughts on this model? 
Gary, this this model, as I um, touted earlier, is is very very impressive. And I have a few questions, and we'll open up to everybody else. The first is, uh, what's so unique about what you're doing is that you're calling the shots. You know, uh, it is a collaborator as opposed to a vendor. You know, it's, right? Uh, it's you know, you're meeting, and if I recall correctly, you're meeting when you have staff meetings. They're part of it. Do you have any veto power over anybody that they uh, uh, send to you? In other words. You know, the, the strength here is that you're getting vendors that they're somehow able to, I mean, employees that there's some, uh, that the, they can pay well and they can keep and give you the flexibility you need. Have you ever had a chance, uh, opportunity when, you know, someone wasn't working out and you went back and say, this person doesn't fit in? Because there is a Absol culture issue. Absolutely. Uh, we negotiate uh, what engineer we want. If the engineer is working, we can say we want to keep that engineer and sign that engineer primarily to us. Uh, if it doesn't work out, we can say we need a new engineer and they'll negotiate and send us somebody different. So we, we build all that into our contractual relationship because, again, they want the five-year contract. And we have a terminate for convenience clause in our contract, which says if we're not happy, we can say we can part ways as friends and, and, and there's no issues. You know, we give you a 30-day notice and we get someone else. That's why we build resiliency in our having multiple partners. So we have to let one partner go. We still have services. Absolutely. And can I add to that right. too? And I'll tell you that to, to that point, we've actually experienced that, right? So we, in the, in the managing of the program, this is where the manager comes in. This is where the oversight of the program comes in. Um, we hold them accountable for their bench. We're not, we don't contract with one person. We're contracting with a company. So because we're contracting with a company, um, we want the bench to be deep. We want to be able to, you know, where where Joe Smith or whoever is not the only person who knows our network and we got to wait for that person to come back from vacation. That is that is unacceptable to us. We we want them to rotate the engineer. The quality of the engineer stays high because of that. We also don't let them get away with doing this thing that they sometimes do is they try to sometimes if your contract is good, they'll start giving you kind of the C and D team. You know, if anybody's right. that before, um, you know, so we don't let them get get away with that. We we want the A plus team every single time. We'll ask for it. We demand it. Um, and so we hold them accountable, but it requires management. That's that's some of the key to our model is that oversight and management over the program. So 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 recently, building what Dwayne said, we hired a managed services manager, a, a manager devoted to managing the managed services partners. How is that working out, Dwayne? Wonderful. Um, when I tell you that, like, and I'm, we even polled them to see if they had any other customers. They're big, they're a big managed service provider. And we polled them to see if they had any other customers that were managing it, that manage, managing them at this level. And they said, no, they don't have anyone engaged at the level that we're engaging them on. And it lets them, it holds them, um, their accountability model is very, very strong as a result. So, well, you know. Go ahead. Go ahead. I'm sorry. No, the, the question, I'm just wondering, I've heard from some people um, who deal or are very dependent on managed service providers that even managed service providers are dealing with uh, turnover. Um, you know, and I, I'm, I'm glad to hear, you know, your vision in terms of wanting and insisting upon a deep bench. Um, but are you seeing that a, a trend where there's a lot of turnover in some of your, your A team uh, and the vendor side? Well, there was a lesson learned in our evolution, Alan. 
One was we have a company we were dealing with first called Carolina IT, uh, but they got acquired. And, and then uh, the company that acquired them gutted them basically of all their talent. All their talent eventually left. We, we got in the position where uh, we weren't providing the services we should to our business units. And so from that lesson learned, we acquired a new managed services partner, but we didn't stop there. We got a second managed services partner that that can back up and do everything our primary can do. So uh, now we feel more resilient. From if any of the partners take a downturn, we can go to the other partner and, and continue moving forward. And and, and believe it or not, it, it wasn't that much more expensive because we have. One partner primary on voice over IP, phone system and network. The other one is primarily over data center and metropolitan area network. So they back each other up really, yep. really well. That's right. Brilliant model. Can what a great presentation. I certainly learned a lot from that, and hopefully you did too. So I want to thank you for listening to sharkbites.net, and hopefully you are so inspired that you're going to want to subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. In particular, you can go to sharkbites.net or Apple or wherever else you get your podcasts. Until next time, as I always say, please be safe both digitally and personally. This has been a production of the Comtia Public Technology Institute. To learn more, visit connect.comtia.org and search public sector.